0: And so now we have also that one guy who leads the charge in helping us to be that very change that we know is happening in the world, our very own Reverend Dr. Patrick Cameron.
1: Thank you. Good morning. Anybody here for the first time? Nobody. Right there, okay. We won't scare you. Well, maybe we will, who knows. I grew up in a family of 11, 10 brothers and sisters, and we never. my dad said we could never get a puppy because we would pet the puppy to death, so we won't do that with you, but welcome. You guys will kill that dog in two weeks, petting it. It's okay. Anyway, so um, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is uh, exciting. It's always exciting to be here together and, and, and uh, a remembrance of who we are and whose we are. And with that said, I'd like to uh, invite you to sing a song with me that many of you know. And the words will be behind me, I think. Yes, they are. And then we'll go into an affirmative prayer. So if you'd like, and if you're comfortable, more comfortable standing, please feel free to do so.
2: In this merry room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room there's quite enough joy for all the world. and there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit One Spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. Speaking
1: in the I Am, but speaking for each person here. It is my invitation to allow these words to be your words if they fit. As we stand together in this consciousness of the one, what I know is that there is one life, one power, one presence, one infinite divine intelligence available in and through and as my being. And in the recognition of that and turning towards that and opening to that and surrendering to that, I know that I am guided, directed, resourced, and drawn to the highest ideals possible. And so what I know in this moment is every good thing is present here and now for each and every one of us. Whatever is required in the knowing and the forgiveness and in the, in the, the processing of information and experience to put down what no longer serves us and to move through that threshold of that relationship in a more powerful, wonderful, and clarifying way, I say yes to. And so I need not know all the details. I need not know the how. But I simply say yes to the what. That I am the beloved, individualized and expressing on this planet here and now, and I accept that. And if there's resistance in my saying that to myself, I look closely at that. And I, I go to work in my own being to bring peace and clarity to that idea. Whatever it may be, wherever we start, is perfect right and beautiful. And so I give thanks in this moment to know that everything necessary for each and every one of us to move forward in our lives, in our being, in our expression of the infinite on this planet is available here and now. And for this, I give thanks, releasing these words, knowing that I have impressed upon this infinite law that always responds in the affirmative to everything that I impress upon it. I give thanks and together we say, and so it is. Amen and hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to share with you, when I was a kid, I used to love to go to movies, and, and my, my mom wasn't crazy about that idea, so I'd always come home and say, you've got to go see Jerry Lewis in this movie, and my mom would never go. But I was, cra- you know, I was always excited about the movie I saw, so I brought a movie with me today that I want to share with you. I'll set it up a little bit. It's, uh, the, it's a 12-minute uh, sharing of Dr. Ken Gordon, who's the spiritual director in Kelowna. He's, uh, he's just been recently elected as our spiritual director. He was the, the past president of International Centers for Spiritual Living. And it's his speech at New Orleans. And so I want to share that with you, and then I want to talk about how that connects with what we're doing here. It was a a powerful, wonderful uh, sharing, and and, uh, the people that saw it at the first service were quite grateful for that opportunity. So, if Phil, if you'd—there it It's
0: now my great pleasure to introduce to you my friend, my mentor— and just someone I love very, very much, and that is our new spiritual leader of Centers for Spiritual Living, Dr. Ken Gordon.
3: Thank you. Tired of me yet? People are, coming up, people are coming up to me six hours after I was elected and saying do you know and then giving a complaint I say well yeah I've been on the job for six hours yet sorry I haven't got accomplished for you yet <laughs> truth of the matter is uh, we know where we're going but we don't necessarily know how we're going to get there yet have you noticed that I kind of find myself in a situation where I feel like I'm standing on some real slippery ice and I'm standing there right out front on this slippery ice and I'm so tempted to be able to step back where I know the sand and the traction is to just be able to step back a step to where we came from as opposed to forward but I know that we can't do that that in order to be able to move forward we're going to have to move into a new consciousness and a new idea, a greater idea. And that if we go back, all we're going to do is recreate what we had before. And we can't create something new with the consciousness, the old consciousness. We need to enter into the new consciousness. My sense is that there is a momentum that is happening at this conference that is palpable. And that momentum feels like there's been a big switch and a big change that's taken place and that change feels like it's going somewhere in the direction that i want it to go to and that i know you want it to go to and my inner sense and my inner feeling is is that if we don't act quickly with urgency the momentum will die so my thought is is that what we need to do is we need to capitalize on this moment and in everything we do and in every way that we do it We need to move forward and never move back again. It is a time for transformation. And we know that that transformation is born within each of us and that it comes from this sense, this uh, palpable sense and feeling that we have that something's changed at depth within us, that there's something has occurred. And that if you're anything like me, there's these little niggling doubts that come forward, little judgments and opinions, which are really meaningless and have no value and no bearing on what's occurring. It's just that nasty old ego of mine that's coming forward every now and then to tell me that this direction is right, but that I should have an opinion about it. And the truth is, is that now is the time that we let go of all of our opinions and all of our judgments. Now is the time that we cannot afford anymore to allow our individual likes and dislikes enter in and block our pathway to the greatest idea in the world, which is the transformation of the world and creating one that works for everyone. The potential that lies before us from this moment forward is a potential that's bigger than exists within any mind. There are people here who think that they know the way to go, and sometimes I'm the one that does that as well, but we don't know yet. There is an idea bigger than the idea that you hold right now as to where this world is and what we can do with this teaching by taking it into the world and manifesting and bringing into reality the principles that we espouse and that we bless and that we hold and that we embrace. And we will not get there if we allow the judgment to come forward. We will not get there if we do not allow ourselves to open ourselves to understanding and respecting the likes, the opinions, the joys, the behaviors, and the beliefs of others. As long as we hold within ourselves this concept that there is some separation between us and anything, we are blocked. It is up to us to enter into this consciousness that really opens up so that we can look at it. We see such a diversity in this conference. I I absolutely love it. I see Eugene open with a treatment at the beginning of this conference that just blew my socks off. And it is a treatment I would have never heard in the past in the organization that I came from. And I see Reverend Aaron close this year with a treatment that came from that organization I used to belong to that would blow my socks off. And the truth is, is that they are the same treatment given in a different way, in a different manner. And they are not one that is right and one that is wrong. What it is, is it is one. We cannot afford the luxury of being prejudiced or bigoted. We cannot afford the luxury of denying anyone, no matter what, no matter how, no matter where. We have to embrace everything, every religious tenet. We have to embrace everyone in the world. We have to br- embrace every political party. We have to embrace every color, every race, everything that we come in contact with. And the judgment that shows up in our lives that says this is not right is the small mind in action. And it is not the action that will change the world. It is the old thought, and we need a new one right now. If you are mad at something, you are mad at yourself. If you in any way judge something, you are judging yourself. There is only one thing that is happening here, and that is the individualization and evolution of consciousness to create a world that we were born to have. A world that is fair and open and free to all. And I don't know how we're going to get there. And neither do you. But there is a power that exists within this group consciousness that does. There is a power that is building right now as we sit here. That is developing and taking on speed and creating a vision for each and every one of us. Which will be like the marbles in the jar or the weight of the ox. And when we awaken to that and when we recognize that the answer will come clear to us. And we will move forward. Not just to the promised land, but we will move forward to the next step that will take us to where we need to be. The consistent and constant evolution of spirit as you growing back into spirit, which is always what you were in the first place. And this is our world and this is our life. I had the, I have a, a wonderful uh, partner who, when I go through my neuroses, which I have gone through many times, who who makes sure that she points out to me what is happening around me and leaves little notes for me. Maybe you're blessed with the same thing. I'll come downstairs and there will be a book laying open. She'll say things like, you know, you should just read this, just these five pages, just between here and here. I think if you read that, that, that you'll be a much nicer person. So on January 4th, leading up to this, I was filled with a lot of uh, doubt—not doubt about the movement, not doubt about the principles, not doubt about the tenets—doubt about who I am. And I was feeling a little threatened. And so I came down on January 4th, and there was the Science of Mind 365. One day, 365. A beautiful book and there's a prayer and Deborah said you might read that (laughs) believe me I, I don't usually take other people's treatments or prayers and take them and read them and do them daily but when I read this one I realized that it was the answer for me it was written by Dr. Ernest Holmes and it goes like this and it is the prayer that has guided me for the last two months and it has changed me at depth and I would have you listen to it and accept it as your own if you choose. I hand my life and affairs over to divine intelligence, to the power that knows how to do everything. I do this in the complete conviction that I receive only good into my experience. I know that there is nothing in me that can doubt either the divine goodness or the operation of its law in my affairs. I believe that everything necessary to the fulfillment of every good desire is now in full operation, that all the circumstances in my life are tending to bring it about. If there is anything I ought to do about this, I accept the action and know that I receive guidance and I am impelled to act intelligently. Therefore, I have a complete sense of ease and assurance. I look forward joyfully as I anticipate the good that is to come into my life. I believe that all who are now praying with me will receive the answers to their desires from the same source. My faith goes out to them as their faith reaches back to me. For I believe that out of the great good in the universe that we live in, there will surely come to all, to all of us, an answer to our particular need, Dr. Ernest Holmes. Our particular need is to reach 100 million people and to transform the world. I am sure that we will do it by acting together intelligently and doing what comes before us. I bless you and I love you. Thank you.
0: I'll
1: just wait for the lights to come back up. So then, will, I guess I won't. That was... Um, Dr. Ken's, uh, there was a banquet on Thursday night and he shared. And I had the opportunity, he's a a very close friend of mine. We have uh, gotten to know each other really well over the last several years. Uh, And um, in fact, he invited me to come down to Kelowna at the end of the month and speak. And and, uh, I'm still not sure if I'm going to be able to do that or not. But I spent about three days afterwards with Dr. Ken. In New Orleans, and basically, what we did is stood by the side of the parade route and and caught uh, Mardi Gras beads, which is a serious spiritual practice. (laughs) But um, I remember back when I was in New Orleans, uh, we, in International Centers for Spiritual Living, we have certain. rites of passage or, or, or uh, appreciations and I received my 15-year pin for 15 years of, of ministry in our movement and this in this um, oh, thanks it's it's been it's more of an endurance test than anything but but um, but also the the center the community received uh, uh, res- recognition for 30 years of being a members of the which is what you represent you are you are part of that legacy and what's been interesting for me is to watch the evolution of the organization. I was on our board of, of uh, directors a number of years ago and I stepped off because it just what was happening here was emerging and I knew my energy. I really had to focus here. Um, and I just, in my heart, knew that. So I stepped aside, and, and, uh, and then Dr. Ken stepped up as our president, and, and now he's our spiritual leader. But a lot of what's happened organizationally has also happened here. We have now an executive, or we have a, a different name. Uh, we'll, we'll find a designation, but someone that's handling operations as well as I'm the, the spiritual director here. And it's very interesting because we came up with that on our own. It sort of evolved out of the, the, the sense of need for um, the delineation of responsibilities, and Dr. Ken talks about why we're the why about we want to we want to touch and impact 100 million lives, and the reason for that I believe is that what we what we represent is such a powerful powerful teaching, and what I've watched them I've I've stepped into a practice now of co-creation. I have a mentor, and I I, did, I led the first um, uh, sacred healing circle last um, Wednesday. And, and it was a beautiful, beautiful process. And I'm going to continue to do that because it's part of my homework to develop that proficiency, but also to be part of that vibration. And the reason that I was called to that is I've watched Dr. Ken, who's gone through the same training, I've watched Dr. Kathy Hearn. And what it does is it breaks us out of opinion, our opinions. When I first came into this movement 15 years ago, I went to my first minister's conference, and I was shocked at the level of anger anger and resentment and frustration that was being expressed by the ministers that I... I went to Florida and I went home and I called two of my dearest friends in ministry and I said, I can't do this. I can, I'm not angry enough to be part of this movement. And that's true. That was true. And, and in fact, I was reminded of it because when David, my dear friend David Leonard and my dear friend Maureen Hoyt sat down and had lunch with Dr. Ken Gordon and, and Dr. Kathy Hearn and they were sharing with me later, my, they told my story. You know, we almost... He said, Patrick almost left this movement because when he came in and I, because they were so close to it and I, one day they'll stop telling that story but it was a reflection of the consciousness that those of us that wanted to, to what I wanted to have was the ideal I wanted to have the experience I got into this movement because I, I came from such a, a background of, of lack and limitation and what I was longing for I didn't know like Dr. Ken says what's the next step? we don't know but we want to touch 100 million lives why do we want to do that? Because we know that the potential that lives in us and that we connect with so deeply is alive in everyone. And why do we limit that? Because when we, when we live in frustration, when we live in a small idea, when we live in that small idea, we can't get to the ideal. And the ideal is, to, is the idea taken to its highest level, or most transcendent level. To live from the ideal. Everything begins as divine ideal, which is its love, its peace, its beauty, its joy. And so God, this idea of God or source, is the good that we can all agree on. The good that we can all agree on. And so I watched my own evolution in this and watched our opportunity as a community to stand in the, in the, the, the and, and to continue the momentum that's going. And, and so at the New Orleans, I was selected to the new leadership council, one of three ministers. And the reason I kept, and I kept thinking, as Ken said, I kept having doubts all the way. Do I want to do this? Do I want to get involved in this again? And 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 because most of what I experienced the first time through was people's personal opinions. And my opinions, too. So then it was my opinion against somebody else's opinion. I've been to three board meetings since I was elected. And all we have done, for the most part, we've done a bit of business, is spiritual practice. We're just sitting together in spiritual practice. We're creating this prayerful sense of sacred that we can give birth to this idea. And I love this. I love this because we don't know and we don't have to know, but we, we know that what we long to do is to, to have a meaningful, powerful impact in the world. And we do that by the transformation of our own consciousness. So as I was spending time with Dr. Ken in New Orleans, we got talking about the things that, that he, he inspire him and, 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 uh, and, and inspire me as well. And the book that I, I selected as a result of that was The Power of Decision by Raymond Charles Barker. It's a wonderful book. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. If you don't have it in your... And it's a very easy read. And Barker was a contemporary of Dr. Ernest Holmes. He wrote the 365 Days of, of Richer Living with Dr. Holmes. Dr. Holmes would write the prayer, and, then, and they, they teamed up on each day of the, of the year. But what he says at the beginning of this book is the individual's ability to act unintelligent in a universe of intelligence is amazing. The, the ability of the individuals to act unintelligently in a universe of intelligence is amazing. Why would we do that? Well, because we get so entrenched in our opinion. And it's not a bad thing. It's just the way we, it works for us. It's our evolution. So if you feel stuck, I'm not accusing anyone of everything. I'm agreeing with you and saying, yes, I do this too. Unintelligent functioning in human consciousness produces wrong decisions. As a result, these wrong decisions, people limit themselves with sickness, financial strain, family quarrels, and frustration, all of which are unnecessary. They're all unnecessary. Unnecessary. But if you look at the world, what is it? And, and it's okay, but to, I think we need to look at the world and say, this does not represent me. I know there's a bigger idea longing to be expressed. Because if we don't do it, who's going to do it? If we, as a, we are the leading community in Canada that's, that, that supports these ideas. And what I know I'm called to do is dismantle everything and anything in my life that restricts what wants to happen as a real, result of what Dr. Ken talked about and what wants to happen here. And I got on this board because I wanted to be part of a bigger conversation. It's so easy to get locked into this idea, and it's part of the evolution. You, there, there's, there's, there's four kingdoms within the co-creation. One is victim consciousness. Then one is, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to set an intention. I'm going to have a different experience. So it's by me. I'm directing this, and I'm directing this. So I'm in charge of this, I'm in charge of my life. And what happens what comes along with that, what I know for myself, is that I get stuck in my point, my opinions. And then what I, what I do is I run around because you don't line up with my opinion and then I find fault with you. So what it does is it restricts me stepping into the third kingdom. When the third kingdom is this one of not, it's co-creation. It's this idea coming through us, the co-creation and our organization gets it. And I think it is our opportunity and our responsibility. And as the leader of this place, if I can't do it, then how can I expect anybody else to do? So I'm, I get up every morning. Laura goes in one room, I go in another room. I do my prayer 70 times. I do my physiological prayer, and it changes for me. I'm working with a mentor. It's changed for me again this month because we talk about it's deep inquiry. What are my beliefs of error? I want to dismantle them. I want to dismantle them. And the reason that Lloyd Strom and Marcia Sutton came up with this co creation process, and I'm I'm going away in another month to study with them for a few days at retreat. But the physiological part of the prayer, I release, I let go, and I embrace. And what happens is, because most people, and I heard it the other night in the Sacred Healing Circle, we feel we've handled it. The conversation from a number of people is, I thought I already dealt with this. And mentally we have. Mentally we have. Absolutely we've handled it. We've made a new agreement. We've changed our minds and continue to keep it changed. But what has to happen is we have to embody it at that core level of being. So the the progression that they've laid out, and I think it's very accurate, is it goes from the mental to the heart to the physical. And that requires persistence and work and dedication, and I get it. Why don't my prayers, the the intentions I set for this community, the intentions I set for my ministry, for my own life, for my children, for the people I love, why is it not manifesting in my life? Because I have not embodied the consciousness. So it doesn't mean give up and it doesn't work. It does work. But there's more work for us to do and, and to grow into. And how we do one thing is how we do everything. And so it's just so powerful. It's such an exciting time to be alive and to be part of this community. This is the legacy of 30 years of doing this and doing it pretty damn well too. And, and to know that not because I'm doing it, because we're doing it. Because there's something within you and something within me, despite our opinion, says, you know what, this is worth doing. This is worth staying the course. I was down there. We've had a discussion because people come and they go. And we've had discussion at the board level about, you know, why, how we should have exit interviews with people that leave. And I said, oh my God. Then we're gonna find out why people leave and then I've gotta tailor a talk for those people or I've gotta have a program for those people to keep. Them. I said, we don't do that. So I asked my peers when I was there, I said, what do you guys do when people leave? And, and, and Dr. Ken Gordon said to me, he said, Patrick, some people's job and role in our communities is to leave. Oh, okay, I'm good with that, thanks. I mean, move on to something else. I mean, that's just what people do. And the point is, is that we, you have to honor everybody People come for a season, a reason, or a lifetime. And if you get what you need and you go out in the world and make a huge difference and we don't see you for ever again, oh my God, thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of this because you're still part of it. You're still part of it. But it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting phenomenon to be in community and to what we teach because it's so, it's so difficult. Dr. Ken says, you know, if you're upset with somebody, you're upset with yourself. If you're blaming somebody, you're blaming yourself. It's projection. That's what I love about the co-creation is that all of it is projection. In the second kingdom, what happens, which is why we was brought here, because I was ready to throw my hands up and leave, was, was you challenge the leader. You challenge the leader. So I set an intention, and people say, I'm not doing that. And I'm like, what do I do? I don't have the tools to do this. And what it is, is moving into the third kingdom and saying, you know what? Something within me, I mean, really believing it and living from that, that's the blessing in it. But once I realize every community goes through it, it's the dynamic that leads you to that third kingdom in our own lives. You go, wow, we're right where we need to be. Future choir member. Barker says this. You were born out of intelligence. And as as intelligence, to express intelligence, worry, fear, disease, argument, and frustration are not your normal heritage. It's okay. I'll, I'll speak in between. It's okay. We're sending you love right now. Absolutely. These are abnormal... Let me repeat it. You are born out of intelligence as intelligence to express intelligence. Worry, fear, disease, argument, and frustration are not your normal heritage. These are abnormal, unhealthy uses of mind and emotions which you have wrongly assumed to be necessary to your everyday living. He talks about in here, worry. Worry is an unintelligent factor as are fear, hate, and resentment. This list could include all the negatives known. Here is the birth of the problem. Worry is the gestation period during which negative situations produced by our thoughts and appear in our experience as a problem. So does anybody here ever worry? Anybody here ever? Yeah, a couple of. me. I'm right with you. Every day I worry. So what, do we, what happens when we worry? You see Dr. Ken read that prayer? We have to go back and dip into the consciousness that pulls us out. We have to have practice in our lives. And what I've, I've become more and more acutely aware of in my own experience is that when I start to slip into my word of error and my word of resistance, which is part of the co-creation process, part of that sacred healing circle, is that I get to do my prayer. Oh, there I go, I'm running with this again. I'm starting to worry. So I release my need to believe there's not enough. I was working with my mentor uh, on, on uh, Thursday, and she said there's usually two themes for everybody there's not enough or I'm not enough. Anybody attached to that? There's not enough. I'm not enough. So my prayer last month, it was about abuse. I released my need, belief in abuse. I released my need to be angry and I'm grateful God is the wisdom I am. So now my prayer is I release my belief in not enough. And I release my belief in having to work hard because when I realize there's not enough, I got to work harder. And that pattern has been wonderful and I honor it and bless it and I release it because I'm grateful God is the brilliance I am. So it's the evolution and keeping to do the work and as you do the physiology of it, your body gets it. See, the reason you put your arms out in the prayer and if you haven't come to a sacred healing circle, come to one. It's powerful stuff. But we get, Laura and I every day, I got up this morning, first thing I did was my 70. So what I do is I time it for 10 minutes. I do 10 minutes of it and I get going and I go into this, this different state of consciousness. I believe my, at least my belief in not enough or at least my need to to work hard and I'm grateful God is the brilliance I am. And it's just I shut my eyes and I look up and 10 minutes have gone by like that. But I tell you what, I, I've gotten to the point where I have lived in it so much, I don't want to live there anymore. It is like, I feel like I'm uh, uh, addicted to it now. Because I can't wait to see what blossoms. Because then if you, as you clean, as you cleanse consciousness, then what wants to happen shows up. That's powerful. I want that for you. I want that for me. It deepens our practice Because we get it mentally. We get it mentally. And then people have taken the work of Dr. Holmes and say, why don't people's lives change when they they make the agreement? Because you've got to continue to do the work. Jesus talked about it. Seventy times seven, which means a lot of times. Barker said this, The fact that you and every living soul wants health, wealth, joy, and self-expression indicates that their possibilities are already in you. Dr. Ken talked about it. The world that we all know we deserve. And not because we have to earn it, but because it just is. The small mindedness has dictated this, the life on this planet long enough. If you, they're within us now. Judge yourself. I love this from Barker. Judge yourself, not in terms of what you've done. Yesterday ended last night. Judge yourself in terms of what you will do, what you will become. You are not the past, you are the present becoming the future. You are a potential of mind and this mind knows only now. It never sits in judgment on anyone. So when we drag that with us and we don't do our cleaning, we don't cleanse our consciousness often and frequently, whatever goes up for us, is it, is it, is it part of the thing that we, is it the ideal? Does it bring us into the love? And for so many of us, I wasn't raised like this. But I am so glad to have found this. I'm so glad to be part of this. To be, to, to be in New Orleans and watch what's happening. I mean, the, the angry conversations that I saw 15 years ago, they're not there anymore. You know, and I'm, David Leonard and Maureen Hoyt always come up and say, Thanks for hanging in there, man. Because sometimes it's just holding a high watch saying, I'm for the love, I'm for, I'm for the, the bigger idea. And it's not to say that I always stay there. Like Ken says, we all go into doubt. We all go into worry. We all go into the, the, the egoic nature. But having the, the awareness in our lives to say, you know what, I'm not doing that anymore. And, and catching ourselves and having practice. See, this is spiritual practice to come on a Sunday. You talk about spiritual coming in celebration, coming in the vibration of the Most High, and, and hopefully receiving something of value, whether intuitively. See, all of us need to do- develop that deep intuition. Because that deep intuition is a conversation of the Most High, which guides us and leads us and gives us the clues so that we can individualize it. And say, gee, there's something powerful that wants to happen here. I got on the board because I wanted to be part of the conversation because what my heart longs to experience on this planet, and and I'm already in, in motion with this, is let's have something on our international website that lists what people are doing individually in public service, out in the world being of service. Like we do the mustard seed, we do a few other things here. And how can we expand that? So that then we can once a year, a couple times a year, we can go somewhere like New Orleans. When I went through the Ninth Ward, I wanted to get out. I wanted to put my tool belt on and help people build their houses. But how can we as a group then say, when we were there, I was talking to De- Reverend David Alexander, who's also a member of the Leadership Council. said so he went down and here with this Mennonite group that were doing the brickwork on these homes in New Orleans. How can we do these things? Not because the world needs us to do them. Not because we're going to go save anybody. Because nobody needs our saving. We can't save one another. We can't fix one another. We're not here to rescue one another. What's alive for me is my heart longs to be of service. I want to give back. My God, this teaching has transformed my life in so many amazing ways. I'm so grateful to be part of this community. And, and, And I get to keep doing the work with you. And we're the, we're, the, we're the language of love. We're la- and like Ken says, how do we put down all our biases? How do we love every political party? Really? I don't know. I've got to think about that, that one. Because we hear things that are just so incongruent with what we know to be true. But we, what we can do is look at that and say, I hear what you're saying, and I, and I honor what you're saying, but I don't agree with it, and it doesn't represent me. Because that's where people are. That's why we have so many different religions on the planet. Someone told me after the first service, God, I went to a Sikh temple and they believe exactly what we do. I said, I know. When I was at the Parliament of World Religions, I hung out with the Sikhs. They teach exactly what we teach. We don't have the market cornered on this. Truth is truth. It's alive in every tradition. We We have nothing new to offer the world, but what we can offer is our devotion, devotion to the practice, to our prayer work, to our mindfulness, to our love and care. Seven, about 7:40 on Friday morning, I got a call, and I recognized a voice. I didn't know who it was, and, uh, but I hear Patrick Cameron, and I you know, "Yeah." I thought it was one of you guys. Sometimes you call, and I don't know who you are, and you go on for like three minutes, and finally I say, "This sounds great, but who am I talking to?" <laughs> well, surely you know who I am. Anyway, but my mother, or my my sister called. It was my sister Peggy. I have seven of them. And I knew it was a sister, just didn't know which one. And she said, uh, I'm calling you to let you know that I'm at the hospital and, and that uh, mom had a heart attack. And so, you know, I, a wave of sadness and, you know, the, the wall of, of, oh my gosh, overwhelm hits you. And uh, it turns out she had emergency surgery. They put She's 89 years old. I mean, she's lived a wonderful life. And she's still working with my brother. Um, anyway... Um, but she, they put a stint in, and she needs more stints, but they're not going to do it. They're going to try and do it with meds. So, you know, I mean, all of our bodies have a shelf life. But over the last few days, I've been in contact with my brothers and sisters and seeing how it's all fallen out. And I have to tell you, I'm so grateful to have the, the, the mentors and the teaching and this philosophy in my life so that, it, that in my own prayer work, not that I need to make a difference not that I can heal my mom or I can, but that I can process this with a sense of grace and dignity and elegance and clarity and just offer silently in my prayer work unconditional love and support for whatever's unfolding there. And it has not, I didn't show up this way, but this teaching has given me a perspective on it to, to support unconditionally and extend the love that I, I, I so desperately and long to express, and because I listen to the conversation around it, and it's not that. It's just not that, that because the consciousness isn't there. The worry, the fear, the concern is, is what that conversation is, and it's not my job to change it, but it's simply my awareness to say, I get it that you're scared and you're fearful, and to silently say, but I'm not joining you in that. Because what I know about my mom and I know about every person on this planet is you are a blessed expression of the divine. And her gifts and the things that she brought into my experience have propelled me into what I am today. I'm part of her legacy. And I love that. And I want her to be well and I don't want her to suffer and I want to, you know, to all those things. But from the perspective of clarity and, and patience and compassion, I don't, she doesn't need my worry. Why would, I, why would I want to offer my gift to you would be worry? Because then what I will create is more worry in your life. And it's not easy to do that because there's part of me that just wants to spin into the worry. And, I, and so to be able to catch yourself, say, I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. There's one piece here. I'm sorry, I'm going really long. But I wanted to tell you about my mom. And I want to show you a video. I got some slides from my summer vacation. I want to run by you too. <laughs> Sounds like everybody's up for it, so let's call them get some pizza. You are not now, this is Dr. Barker from uh, Power Decision, you are not now, nor have you ever been the problem. You are not now, nor have you ever been the problem. You are the person who sees the problem in order to activate the idea necessary to solve the problem. Ideas, not physical bodies, solve problems. Mind and emotion are the essentials of life, and you are mind and emotion. You are never the office, the thing, or the situation. You are intelligence, capable of knowing the right idea at the right time to make the right decisions. That's powerful. That's powerful stuff. We're going to the wind spear again. We didn't go last year because we, we spun into this idea that there wasn't enough. We spun into the idea because it's, if it's alive in me, it's alive in the community. And, and we're bringing in some of these amazing artists to celebrate. We are the largest movement of this type in Canada. And I think the world needs to know who we are and why we're here. Or why? Because we want the world to work for everyone. And where there where there's people not living their lives in the idea, when the people are not experiencing love and support and the compassion and the resources, because there's enough for everybody. But the reason that there's not en- that it appears there's not enough for everybody is because we believe it. So how do we line our consciousnesses up with this bigger idea as a movement, as a community? We're going to the Windsor. I want to show, Philip, can you put up Laura Berman? We're bringing Laura Berman to, to town. Laura and her, her husband, Craig Benelli, are amazing. They're they, amazing perform all over the world and we're bringing back stefan mitchell to sing one power we're going to do that concert on friday night and i hope you can support it because this wonderful artist along with our gifted amazing talented musicians so i want to show you a little bit of laura here she is she's playing at agape this is dr michael beckwith uh banging the the gong we'll just play a few seconds of it it was a wonderful artist We're bringing we're bringing laura she's she's just i'm going to tell you gang these folks in our music team here and the people we bring in are part of the soundtrack of my life and i remember standing backstage to speak at our Solomar conference and laura performed and, and her voice just went right through me and i thought you know what i want i want people to experience that and i want to and and Stephen mitchell sings one power like nobody i've ever heard and we have such an amazing group of, of musicians here. There's dan secker who as i told him the other day is one of my heroes and brown anderson who has, has worked tirelessly to continue to nurture and give birth to what wants to happen here and and, and sue and her commitment to to being alive and the creativity and the spontaneity and then and, and karen porca and her horns and the beauty and brian mcleod I, I adore that guy wherever he is and Tom Gallup and all the, the rotation of bass players we have coming through. We have bass player rotation consciousness going here, which is a great thing. Love them all. Sparrow. But, I mean, to come together, I mean, this is spiritual practice. And to come together in the vibrancy of what we stand for and, and, and not just individually, we want everyone's life to work. You know, the first place we start is we look at how we've been victimized by the world and how we can shift and change that. And then to move it into the co-creation. And I know as a movement and as a, as a tradition, that's what we're called to now. So I want to thank you. And I want you to bring your friends to the Wind spear, Bring your neighbors. Just pick a couple of strangers up on the street that are panhandling on your way and bring them in. We'll give them a biscuit when they get there or whatever. But, but it's an opportunity to be out in the world and say, here we are. And we want as many people as possible to know that this does exist. It is possible to transform your life. But if we're not leading the charge and we're not modeling that in the world, it's just gonna, we're going to fall right back to what Dr. Ken said. We're going to take a step back. And to me, that's just not an interesting enough idea. So I just want to thank you for your support. Thank you for being part of this. Thank you for your loving support that has created a space within my life where I can go and be part of the bigger conversation. I mean, I, there's not a day goes by where I'm not so grateful for that opportunity. As I watch the other ministers in our movement and a lot of ministers aren't able to do that. They're working full-time jobs and are not able to give their gifts. So don't think for a moment that I don't appreciate it. And I, but I'm, I'm, I think we're here to do something powerful and wonderful. And, and, I, and I know that's what we're called to do. So bless you, thank you. And so it is.